This is Relatively Cosmic. everyone and welcome to the relatively cosmic podcast glad to have you tuned in over the airwaves or through the ethernet cable or whatever device you're listening on welcome this is your host my name is dakota hilliard and i am very excited to get this podcast off the ground and rolling it's been rattling around in my head for the better part of two years and i am excited on what journey this takes here's a little bit of how this podcast is going to work now this won't be a strictly space related podcast it does have its roots in space but it will occasionally branch off into other fields of science such as marine biology geology ecology meteorology etc now some more background on myself my name is dakota hilliard i am the host of this podcast i'm 23 years old and i will be studying astrophysics at the university of north dakota later this fall if everything goes right now my love of space and weather has been with me ever since i was a kid around four three or four years old i remember one evening i was at home and my brother wanted to play basketball and i could not be torn away from the television because as i was channel surfing i came across this program that had a amazing image of Jupiter on it and this amazing image was one of the Voyager images that we retrieved back in the 70s and I just continued to watch this program with utter fascination and I ignored my brother's calls to play basketball and I told him I'm going to stay inside to watch the space video and I later learned that this was a program called the universe that was on the history channel and this still this program still to this day is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. I wish they would bring it back. It got canceled some years back. And that show among watching the space shuttle launches on TV and reading countless astronomy books as a kid really helped propel my love of space into the modern day. Now, I did previously go to college for atmospheric science. I did Spent only one semester studying atmospheric science before I switched over to the University of North Dakota. So space and weather have really been with me since a a kid. Um, My love of it, of course. And my hobbies do include storm chasing. I love going out stargazing. Astrophotography is my main hobby. Uh, You'll catch me shooting astrophotography all seasons of the year, especially if I'm out chasing the northern lights. Um, and other things as well. I love to draw. I love music, all forms of music, except country music. Um, classical, I would say, is my favorite genre. And with that being said, we're going to kick it into high gear, and we're going to get this podcast underway. Welcome to episode number one of Relatively Cosmic. This is the introduction. So for the first episode, I thought I'd keep it simple and give you all a quick tour of the events that are happening in the night sky this month of February. There's quite a few interesting ones. To start off, on February 5th, Asteroid 20 Masalia will be at opposition. 
Now, opposition is an event that happens with all celestial bodies in our solar system. And it happens when the Earth moves directly in between the Sun and the object in question, which in this case is Asteroid 20 Mausolea. And during opposition, that is usually when the object shines its brightest. Now, since Asteroid 20 Mausolea is not a relatively large object, you won't be able to see it with a naked eye. You might need a small backyard telescope or a rather large pair of binoculars to see this event take place. Next up on February 7th, we will have the lunar occultation of Uranus. Now, what is occultation? This occurs when one object closer to the observer moves in front of another object that is farther away from the observer. There go, therefore, covering up, if you will, the object farther away from the observer, making it disappear for a short amount of time before it reemerges from the other side. Now, if you're sailing in the southern Atlantic Ocean, this is the only place where you'll be able to see it. If you're not, then you'll have to wait for another time, which this occurs quite frequently since all the planets and the moon go across the ecliptic in the night sky. And I'll explain ecliptic a little later. On February 12th, we will have the conjunction of Venus and Mars and the morning sky. Venus and Mars, always a nice pairing to see those two together because it's very rare when they do, only when they're closer to the sun. February 16th is our full moon, and on February 27th, the moon joins Venus and Mars in the morning sky for a nice triplet to greet you as you wake up in the morning. Now, as I was referring to the ecliptic later and why all these conjunctions are happening, so all planets in the solar system, they orbit on relatively the same plane. They're not at all the same inclination, but they travel across the same path in the sky, which is called the ecliptic. So you'll always see them go across the same constellations, and it's also the same line that the sun travels across in the sky as well, hence the 12 zodiacal constellations. And finally, to conclude this first episode, I'm going to introduce a segment called Constellations to Know. Every episode during this segment, I'm going to introduce one constellation of the night sky and explain the folklore and explore some of the deep sky objects that lie within said constellation. So the first constellation we're going to take a look at is Auriga, the charioteer. Auriga is one of the 88 official constellations recognized by the International Astronomical Union. Now there's a quite a few dazzling objects that call this constellation home. Firstly, the brightest star in Auriga is called Capella, which is a quadruple star system, or a double-double if you will. So basically, you have two pairs of stars orbiting around the same center of mass. And they range from many times the mass of our sun to many times smaller than the mass of our sun. So when you look up and you see Capella, you're not seeing one star. You're actually seeing four stars grouped in a tight dance around each other. In fact, most stars that you look up at the night sky, they seem 
like their one pinpoint of light, but mostly they are binaries or triple star systems. Or if you're looking at Capella, it's a quadruple star system. Auriga also has many star clusters such as M36, M37, and M38. Auriga lies at the galactic anti-center of the Milky Way, which is the point opposite of the galactic center or the galactic core, if you will, of the Milky Way. This is part of the more fainter part of the Milky Way that runs through Orion and runs through Auriga as well. You can still see some uh, cosmic dust and banding through this part of the sky, although it's much fainter than the core that you see during the summer months out of the year. And it's also home to the Flaming Star Nebula, which is a reflection nebula, which basically is clouds of dust and gas that get illuminated by a very bright star. And if that bright star wasn't there, you wouldn't see the gas and dust because it's so dark. And it surrounds the star A.E. Arige, and it's 2.5 light years across and 1,500 light years away. And lastly, Auriga has two meteor showers. The Alpha Aurigids, or the Aurigids, occur in August and last until September, and they have a rate of about 1 to 5 meteors per hour. So nothing too spectacular to write home about, but still a very notable meteor shower. And also has the Zeta Aurigids which occur later in the year, and they begin around December 11th, and they last until January 21st. And that's this episode's Constellation to Know. Also, with that being said, that is the end of the very first episode of the Relatively Cosmic Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you next time. Take care.